0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Loving Your Neighbor is a World Without Love is a
1: unique, life-changing eight-day series all about building powerful, unselfish relationships, specifically with one's neighbor and oneself, but ultimately with God. When God's Word says that the second greatest commandment is to love one's neighbor as we should love ourselves, does that simply mean to do him no harm, or should I bless him too? How should I respond to him being unloving towards me? Is this love ever conditional? Can it be a mere feeling, or is it something far more? Neither is a perfected love walk easily established often requiring effort, patience, and practice, but always sincere, seeking to protect, looking beyond imperfections and sometimes just boldly speaking the truth. In a loveless world, what exactly is this love walk all about? What joy we'll find in learning that God's love will always flow freely to us as our love flows freely to others.
2: What I want to talk to you about, we're going to title this, this next series of messages, Perfecting the Love Walk. Wow, I got one amen and a couple of hmms. Perfecting the Love Walk. This is of such great importance to every believer. You know, the Bible teaches us that God is love. It doesn't say that God is power, although we know that God is all-powerful doesn't say that God is miracles although we know that miracles come from God. doesn't say God is prosperity although we know that prosperity comes from God and God obviously owns everything. But the Bible does clearly lead us and we will look at at a verse in in this verse in a minute that God is love. You know I was was thinking about my own life and when I first got started in ministry so many years ago I was all you know revved up and you know I was going to do all these great things for God. And, and back then, you know, I, 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 you don't hear too much of it anymore, but back in those days, the charismatic move when I, when I came into the, the, the church, when I first dedicated my life to the Lord, back in the Catholic church, it was a Catholic charismatic move, and there was, it was all about signs and wonders and miracles, and I cut my teeth on that stuff. And then I found my way over to the Assemblies of God Church that I spoke of before and that church we had signs and wonders and miracles and just powerful demonstrations of God's workings so I cut my teeth on that stuff and you know as I progressed on in ministry my my goal was I'm going to be a I want to be a powerful servant of the Lord and yes I do want to be a powerful servant of the Lord and I want to I want to do miracles and I want God to use me in healings and I want to you know I want to get people saved and I want to do all of these things and you know God got hold of me at some point some number of years ago and I don't know how exactly to say this because I can't say that God said it to me but it was the impression that was building um, and that I believe God was building inside of me. And it's wonderful that you have your heart set on all of these wonderful things that you want to do in my name. But the most important of all of these things or the, the more important thing is that you be a man of love because God is love so when we set our heart on being a person of love everything else we do in life will be that much more powerful and received and accepted by people in the right way see I, I kind of feel and this is just my my impression that sometimes we in the body of Christ get mixed up. after pastoring all these years you know 30 30 years 26 of them here and Uh, Three of them at the other church and doing some other things in between. I I come to realize that, that one of the biggest challenges we have in the body of Christ is learning to walk in love with one another. Now as a pastor I could tell you some stories you wouldn't believe of some of the things that come out of believers in the house of God. You wouldn't believe. You see and it goes back to what we talked about about communion. When Paul said, you remember we said that they were basically having love feasts, and they were love feasts with no love in it. And Paul was addressing the issue. He's saying, you, you're coming in, you're pushing, you're shoving, you're going ahead of people, you're neglecting the needs of others. You've become very selfish, you've become very uh, inward, and, and you're not doing, you're not doing this, this gathering in the right way. So he basically was saying that there was a, lack of, there was a love feast with no love in it. So he there, said there's a lack of love. And he goes on to explain and he, remember he used that verse, he says, if Some are sick and weak and have even fallen asleep or died because they have not discerned the Lord's body. And he goes on to say that if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Now we understand that God is not the one who sends the judgment. God is the, the source of blessing and help. But what happens when we do not obey God and we don't judge ourselves... And this is a hard, 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 hard thing for a lot of people that I've come across, that we have a hard time really looking at our own sins and our own shortcomings and admitting them and dealing with them, you see. And Paul said that if you don't, if you don't judge yourself and judge your, your lack of love and your lack of respect and honoring your brothers and sisters, then judgment's going to come on you. Judge yourself so that you won't be judged. And what it is, is that when we live in defiance of God's Word or out of God's will, it is not that God sends the trouble. Trouble comes because we open ourselves up to the enemy in our lives. There's a breach or a break in, in this wonderful, uh, you know, this wonderful protection that God gives us. Is everybody with me on this? Now, I told you, this is big boy, so you've got to put on your big boy pants this morning. This is not going to be a rah-rah message, all right? This is, this is straight to the heart. This is really, really important. Now, I call it perfecting the love walk, and I'll get back to it, because nobody's perfect in it. We're all working on it. The key here is that we've got to work on it. So going back and looking back over those things, I had to switch some things in my own life. And I, I look back on my own life, and I'm just being honest. I mean, I'm just, that's all I know to do. I haven't always walked in love. Sorry to say, but I haven't always responded in times past. I've gotten better at it as I, as I grew up in the Lord. But my early days, I, I didn't do that well in, in several cases. I wish I had done some things differently, because looking back, I realized that, I wasn't really walking in love, and how necessary it is, for how serious a matter it is to God and to us to to perfect and to learn to walk this love walk. So, you know, um, along the way, you know, one of the things that I learned about walking in love is that it's not always easy. And, and I've encountered, as a pastor, I've encountered a lot of unlovely people in my day. And I could tell you stories that make your hair raise. But, but I'm not going to tell you those stories today. But, but, but it's the truth that along the way, see, what I, what I found out in my life is that the, the way, the number one way you perfect your love walk is you just, you should pray about it. But you don't only pray about it. Because that's not really the way that you're going to perfect it totally. The way that you perfect your love walk the number one way is when you interact with unlovely people. Now, most of us want to run away and you, you know, we don't we want to duck our head in the sand and we want to pray away all the unlovelies in our life. But is everybody is everybody with me? But the fact of the matter is, is the way that you perfect love, so this shouldn't be a surprise to you, body of Christ, when you're working with other members of the body and their personality grates you, pricks you, pokes you. You know, how could they act like that? They're a believer. Well, you know, that's, I'm sorry, but people are people and the dumbest things come out of people. Amen. And I've seen some pretty dumb things come out of people. But you see, every, op- every time we encounter an unlovely person, that's an opportunity for you and, and me to perfect our love walk. That's an opportunity for, for, for us to look and say, well, wait a minute, let me, let me, let me look at, let me check this out. I was telling a story this morning, and uh, again, I'm telling you, I'm not using my notes. I'm just going to kind of speak from my heart today. Is that all right with with, with all of you? And, and, and then we'll, we'll get into some more teaching, you know, specific teaching. But, but I was thinking about an instance now, my early days as a pastor, I, I had this uh, one guy who was uh, really getting under my skin. He was part of the church, but he was also a friend. He was really getting under my skin. And, um. And uh, he, he wanted to kind of shape me into what he thought I should be. He didn't necessarily like the messages I was preaching. He didn't like the direction of the church. And, and he, he, came, he, was, he started handing me tapes and saying, you, you ought to listen to this. You ought to read this. You ought to." And I, it was irritating me so much because I knew that he wasn't receiving from me. But he was trying to change me and make me into what he wanted me to be instead of accepting who I was and accepting the gift that God had put in my life. So a lot of time went on, and I kind of was swallowing it, and swallowing it, because he was a friend, and I was, and that was well, one of the first lessons I learned: if you're going to lead people, you can't be their friends. Does so everybody understand that? So that's why I'm, I, I'm, I'm friendly, but I don't, I don't have friends within the. Cause I can't. If I'm going to be your leader, I can't be your friend. I got to be your leader. I'm one or the other. And the problem was the minute a leader now. Now, now listen to this. Excuse me. I need some water. But listen to this. If you're a leader, the minute, the minute you lower that relationship as a leader and become a friend, you lose a degree of your leadership over that, over that person or that group. A leader has to do what he's called to do, and that's to lead. And along the way, he really doesn't, can't really have friends. So one of the big mistakes I made is that I had become friends with him. And I'm trying to lead him. Because he had entrance into my life at that level, he thought he could redirect my life. But he, what he didn't realize, he was touching with the anointing of God in my life. This is what was ticking me off, as they say. He was he was messing with he was messing with the anointing and what God had called me to do. And I was getting irritated. And so one of the other brothers told me, "It's not a funny story, but you're going to think you're going to cheer me on because of the way I, I dealt with it, but was wrong." Anyway, one of the brothers came to me and said, Pastor, you don't know the brother of so-and-so. He said, he said, if things don't change here in 90 days, I'm out of here. I said, he said, what? I this was a friend of mine. He said, if things don't change around here in 90 days, I'm out of here. Well, this was on an Easter morning. And I was seething, to say the least. I mean, I was like so angry. And I had to go out and preach. Back then, we only had one service, Thank God. So I went out and I preached the service. But the whole time I'm preaching, I'm thinking about this guy. And and I kept rehearsing in my mind, 90 days things change or I'm out of here. 90 days things change. And the more I'm thinking about it, the more angry I'm getting. You know what I'm saying. I told you it's not always easy to walk in love. Now, I'm the pastor and I'm supposed to be displaying this. I'm supposed to be, you you know, demonstrating how this works. But I was a young pastor. We were only a couple of years into the church. I'm going back like maybe eight, 19 years ago. Maybe 20 years. Maybe yeah, maybe 19, 20 years ago. Something like that. Anyway. So, so anyway, I'm thinking about it. And as soon as the service was over... I hate to admit to this, but I did this. As soon as the service was over, I mean, I, I jumped off that platform, and I walked right by him and says, come with me. I want to talk to you. And I, ha- I mean, I let him know in my face that I wasn't happy. Now, he was a bigger guy than me, and he was he was, he was a wrestler um, in college. So he could have taken me and broken me in half and threw me in two different directions. But I was so mad, and I dragged him into my office, I said, sit down. And he actually sat. I thought, wow, we're getting somewhere. And I mean, and I'm not proud of this. And I took my finger and I put my finger in his face and I said, I heard what you said and, and you've been doing that. And I just spilled it on and said, And you said, 90 days, things change or you're out of here. I'm going to throw your butt out of here in 90 seconds if you don't change your attitude. This was after preaching the Easter service about, about the resurrection, the love and the joy and the peace and hallelujah. And you know, that kind. Of, I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, I laugh about it now, but it was, I was shaken. I was so angry and uh, so mad at this, at this, this, this fellow. He was, he was a friend. He really was a friend. We vacationed together. We did different things together. And to have that kind of response just tore me up on the inside. And, and listen, I reacted to it instead of responding to it. And you see, when you're going to walk in love, now, unfortunately, that that relationship was devastated. He left the church. I could never repair it. I tried, you know, in apology and saying that I should have done this differently. But once you do the damage, you know why? Because words... Words. This is why it's so important for us to walk the love walk. Because we could devastate another person by the words that we speak. Just as much as we can encourage them, we can devastate them. And many of us are sitting here today with wounds in our soul because of words, negative, harsh words words that were directed to us or said against us, we still carry those wounds with us to this day. This is why it's so important for us to learn to walk the love walk and understand how responsible we are as the body of Christ to treat each other properly. So one of the things that I learned to me from that experience and some others, I learned that you can't react to someone when they come at you when someone comes against you, this is an opportunity for you to respond and thus demonstrate the love walk to that person. So the way I should have dealt with that, as I look back in hindsight, is I should have cooled my jets, swallowed my pride, got a handle on my hurt. Am I speaking to anybody here? Step back, prayed about it. And went back to that brother, and this is the way I should have handled it, put my arm around him and said, look, I heard what you said, and I'm really sorry about that. It really upset me. I thought we were friends in a gentle way. And say to him, look, obviously you're not happy here. Obviously you're not. seeing." there was an insecurity in me. The reason why people react and we, we step out of love often is because we are insecure. And that insecurity causes us to react to things instead of responding in love which is what we're called to do every time and i should have put my arm around him so said, i i totally understand nobody taught me this except the lord
1: yes.
2: i understand you know you, you're obviously not happy here so listen why don't you go find another church and let's leave and be friends and you just go serving but i was i was too insecure to do that because back then i didn't want anybody to leave you see so I learned through that experience and others after it um, where I, I blew it because I reacted instead of responding. And, you know, you may be sitting here and say, well, Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. We all, you know, that, that famous they What they did to me. Well, you don't know what they did to me. And you don't know what they did to the people sitting next to you. And they is always doing something to somebody that's causing some sort of pain and hurt and sorrow. Because they just kind of show up at the most inopportune times to mess up your walk or mess up your life or try to mess up your walk. But yet we're called, you see, to walk the love walk. So the love walk is something that I am responsible for in my own life how people react to me or what people do to me should never cause me to walk or, or come away from my love walk or walk out of love because god is love and god wants us to demonstrate that love in the world and there would be a whole lot more peace in the in the world in the body of christ especially if if christians understood the importance of walking in love with one another so now you see See, after having gone through all, I want to be the mighty man of faith and the mighty man of power and the mighty man of this and the mighty man of that and do all these mighty things, I finally came to the conclusion that all I really want to be remembered as in my life after I leave this life is I want to be remembered as a man of love. Because God is love. And if somebody remembers me as a person of love, then they're going to be thinking about God. They're going to be thinking about the Lord because. Love was demonstrated. You know, I'm in the world, you know, I, I, you, you know, I talk about this, but um, you don't realize that you, you, you may be the only God that someone in the world will ever see or touch. You may be the only gospel that a person in the world will see. But if we're not careful about walking this love walk, if we're not taking responsibility in walking in love and perfecting Notice the word. That's why I called it perfecting the love wall, because we're constantly working on it. We're constantly aware of it. We're constantly honing it, polishing it, tweaking it. Nobody arrives at this at total perfection in walking in love. And every day we have opportunities to perfect this love walk and to walk in this uh, this love that God God has called us to do. But in the world, I'm out there in, you know, like, you know, I go to the gym a lot. I'm there four times a week. And and there's a whole realm of people that don't really, they know that I'm a pastor, but they don't know me as pastor. First of all, I didn't walk in there and announce myself. I am the right reverend pastor, uh, Raymond Pagostiglianos, and I'm here for a membership not how I walked in. I just walked in with my short pants on, you know, my gym shorts. and Hi, I'm Ray Higestalianos. What do you do for a living? Well, I'm a pastor. Oh, okay. So you're Pastor Ray. Yeah, I'm Pastor Ray, but they don't even call me Pastor Ray. Now, that would irritate some of you. And and I've told them that. I said, you come to my church. You better not call me Ray. You better call me Pastor Ray, because they'll put you in in your place. (laughs) They laugh. But it's interesting how in that darkness because a lot of these they're living together they're shacking up they're drinking they're partying they're I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing a lot of stuff, you know, they talk about it. cussing, man. Whew. i never heard so much cussing in the last two 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 and a half years that I've been working out there. I mean, words I haven't heard in years coming up. <laughs> Put a new twist on them, and things have changed. There's some some words that were innocent years ago, now they have a whole fresh new meaning. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you learn a lot when you get out in the world. I mean, you're out there. I'm not. I mean, I'm always in church. I'm in my office, in the sanctuary, at home, and other, san- you know, I'm with church people all the time. I Family, I'm not. But since I got connected out in this gym and interacting in a very, uh, you know, personal way, I'm fine. But you see, I'm constantly aware. Like sometimes the things going there, I want to just, I want to just stand up and scream. Like they start, you know, start cussing. Say, I want to go. Would you shut up? You know, or something like that. But I've, I've learned that I've got to demonstrate God's love and patience and forgiveness and acceptance in this dark place because. God is love, and God wants these folks not to necessarily know his judgment, but to know his love. That's the entrance. That's what's going to catch a people's attention. So I purpose to go in there and and just just love on everybody, you know, whether they're lovely or unlovely. And there's some unlovely guys and there are some unlovely girls. One one lady in particular, she's just a petite little thing. She has a mouth like a drunken sailor. My go- I never I don't you, I haven't heard some of the words, but I know I've never heard these words before. But she she's made some made some up, I think. But you know she's cursing. And It's like, dear Jesus, you know, my my flesh, I want to just take her by the hair and wash her mouth out with soap. But I've learned that demonstrating the love of God, just being light and love in a dark place will change another person's heart. It's amazing how now having been there in that gym for a while and getting to know people and just loving on them and praying for them. They'll come to me like one young fella comes to me like, would you uh, would you pray for me Ray? You know, uh, say, say no he said to me, say a prayer for me on Sunday. I said, well, I can pray for you right now. Oh, no, 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 not right now. <laughs> I guess he's afraid I might do a shandai hikamai. <laughs> Doesn't know it's gonna come out of me, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he said, "No, no, you pray in church, you know." And then, I, then I, I said, well, "What do you want me to pray for?" I said, "Just pray for me." Well, I, I don't pray general prayers. I pray specifics. And then he gives me a list. Well, I'll have a good week and this, and I'll meet a girl. And i "All right." <laughs> but but you see, you see the, the the joy the joy to me. And actually, my trainer said this to me. Because um, you know you get very intimate with your trainer you're working with him every three, four times a week for an hour and a half and and we get to talking and he's sharing a lot of things with me and he says, you know because his brother actually is, is a believer and very involved in his church and I guess has tried to witness to him. He says, "You know what Ray? he says, you know what I like about you you're the real deal." And I thought, wow, he says you don't push anything. you live it you're honest. You just tell it like it is. He says, That's what I really appreciate about you. You know, he calls me his friend, and uh, wants to take me out to lunch and buy me lunch, and invites me over to his house. And so, but you see, all I all I have purpose to do is to love on him, to show him the love of God to tell them about how God has worked in my life. See, God is love. And I I just think that if every believer would just set their heart... Is anybody getting anything out of this? I'm I'm not using notes. I'm just talking out of my heart. But if we would all just purpose to want to be a man or a woman of love.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray.